So about five years ago, my family joined a few other families, and we went down to the southernmost part of the Outer Banks for a vacation. Now, the Outer Banks, the way it works when it comes to driving, there's one road, and it goes just, you go in and out on that same road. To the left and to the right of the road, left and right, and to the left is the intercoastal, to the right is the ocean. And they're really not too far away from that main road. And as you're driving, you can see often in between houses and buildings, you'll see the ocean. So this one day, uh, Christy and the kids went with some others to the aquarium. And uh, a friend of mine, we got in the car and we decided to skip the aquarium and drive around, just, you know, catch the lay of the land. As we're driving along this road, I see off to the right a mobile home park, but it was unlike any other mobile home park I had seen. It was very picturesque and, 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 and very attractive, and it was sitting right on, right off the beach. What a unique location. And then I came, I saw the entrance coming up a couple of hundred feet ahead of me. I saw the entrance for this park, this mobile home park. And so I pulled into it, and within, I don't know, just a couple of seconds, there was this white flash, and then boom! What do you think happened? In your world, it would be a seagull. In my world, it was a security gate. I had driven through the security gate of the mobile home park. Now, how could I do that? Well, how did I, how did I miss the security gate? Well, it's just, it wasn't on my mind. It wasn't in my heart. I wasn't looking for a security gate. I was looking for the sun the ocean, the beach, some nice views to something to just catch my memory. Maybe a really inexpensive, you know, summer vacation home. There is in all of us a tendency to be near something but not see that same thing. We can miss it even though it's right next to us, right before us. And sometimes we miss that something because our vision of life is being impaired. Our interpretation of events and what's going on is impaired. Often that something is tragedy, loss, hardships, despair. And the story we're going to read today, found in Luke chapter 24, there's a lot going on in the days following the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Those who had followed Jesus were disoriented, discouraged, they were downcast, they were depressed. They didn't notice much of what was going on around them. They were in a clouded state. All they saw was negative. So we're going to jump into Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 15. A little background here. So it's Sunday, Sunday following the crucifixion, Good Friday, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. We're likely in the latter part of the afternoon on that Sunday. Yes, it's the first Easter Sunday. And we have these two men who are followers of Jesus and they are now leaving all the events that have taken place in Jerusalem. They're going home. Uh, they're on their way. They're walking along on the road to go home. And we're going to jump in. The scripture says in verse 13, now that same day two of them were going to a village called Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. 
So these men had high hopes, like others, that Jesus was going to be their Messiah, meaning their Messiah, their king, the one who would rescue them from the harsh Roman oppression. And in in the midst of their talking, something amazing happens. Jesus himself comes up alongside of them and begins to talk with them and interact with them. That's amazing. And they proceed on this journey about a seven-mile road towards the village of Emmaus. But in the next verse 16, we read something that's interesting. It says, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. Now, we don't know for sure what kept them from recognizing Jesus. But I think it's reasonable to consider that perhaps it was their sorrow. The enormous amount of uncertainty that lay ahead for them. Perhaps it was that their their plans and their dreams and their expectations had become undone in days. As a result of this, they were kept from recognizing Jesus. Sometimes our vision gets impaired by things on the outside, but other times our vision gets impaired by what's going on within us on the inside. There is in all of us a tendency to be near something, but to not see something even though it or they could be right next to us. This can apply to some of the most meaningful, important parts of our lives, our loved ones, our spouse, significant other, our children, parents, and grandparents. This can apply to our relationship with God. Jesus is with us, yet we might not see him or recognize him or be aware of his presence. We could lose sight of him and we don't see Jesus for who he is and for what he has done, what he's doing even in our midst right now. You see, the heart is the seat of the, of the attitude, of your attitude, of your morality, of your emotions. There are things that take place within our heart that could close the eyes of our heart and therefore inhibit us to seeing Jesus walking right alongside of us and being in our midst. Now I'm aware that that condition, that disruption, if you will, that's going on within us is often caused by external events, people, circumstances from the outside. And and, and all of that is unfortunate and, and, and difficult, sometimes tragic, ugly, and it's all very real. Just like those two men, that we read about is they're walking along that road to Emmaus. They're talking about events that were tragic, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, the brutal crucifixion of the Jesus they were following, of the one they would hope would be the one who would rescue them from Roman oppression. All that they were saying was true. They were just seeing it the wrong way. They had an incomplete narrative. They had the wrong perspective. The eyes of their hearts were closed. And that affected how they perceived everything that was going on around them, even what was right in front of them. They missed the miracle that was happening right in front of their eyes. Jesus was with them. Jesus is with us right now. He is in our midst. God's a merciful God. He's a gracious God. 
He supernaturally came alongside these men, but they missed him. They were not seeing the beautiful thing that God was doing. Why was Jesus with them? Because this is the central message of the Bible. God, our Heavenly Father, wanting to be with us, His children. I want to pause and share in a moment this Easter as we invite our special guest, Christopher Duffley. Good to see you, Christopher. Good, <laughs> good to see you too, Pastor. Hey, Christopher. Good to, good to be back. <laughs> ah, yeah, it's great to have you. Absolutely. Special times with you, Christopher. Christopher is going to sing a song that's going to remind us that God is good, God is loving, and God is with us. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're good, good Father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Oh, I've seen many searching for Far and wide, but I know that we're all searching for answers. Only you provide, cause you know just what we need before we say a word. Your good Father, it's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. Because you are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. You are You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. Oh, it's love so undeniable. I, I can hardly speak peace so unexplainable I I can hardly think as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still and to love 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 your good father 
It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're good, good Father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Your good, good Father. It's who You are. It's who You are. It's who You are, and I'm loved by You. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Christopher, thank you so much, Christopher. I deeply appreciate that. That Absolutely. was that was yeah. inspiring. Sorry about man. the crossfade there. You almost got a sneak peek of our last That's song. That's cool, man. That's cool. <laughs> but it it's just, okay. It really it was so good to just take that in, Christopher. Thank Absolutely. you so much, man. Absolutely. God is good. Which God is loving, and God is with us. Huh? Our God is with us. It's who He is. He loves us. We can be joyful because of that. Christopher is joyful because of that. And he is. He's great to be around. Because God has touched Christopher's life. God can touch our lives as well. Because he's a loving God and also because he's a supernatural God. We as Christians, Christ followers, we prescribe to the supernatural. We believe things can happen that defy logic, defy circumstances. We believe that beauty can come from the ashes. Life can come from death where there is nothing but despair or loss, there can be hope because of the supernatural power of God. That's what Easter is about. There is hope because of Jesus, because of that supernatural power of God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And the same power, the same force that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and I. Don't miss the miracle of Jesus that is right in front of your eyes. Why does this happen? Why don't we see Jesus? We can't see him because at times we're not looking for him. We're seeing things, circumstances, you know, from our own perspective. We see God perhaps that way as well. We glance at God, but we gaze at our problems and the difficulties. We become immersed in them. These two men that are walking on that road, they're followers of Jesus. They knew him, had heard him, had been with him, and yet they don't see him because their hearts were not looking for him. They were not looking for what Jesus said he was going to do. They had their own plan, their own expectation. Sometimes we can't see Jesus because of our expectations. An expectation is a belief that something will happen or will likely happen. I'll just add that we want to happen that we've planned on happening. The two men are walking along the road. One is named Cleopas. And, his, and, he, and he gives his friend, you know, they talk and what they're discussing gives us some insight that of, of their expectations in, verse, in verses 17 through 20. It says, he asked them, Jesus, 
What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Jesus, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these last days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed them handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped, but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. We hoped he would be the Messiah. The, he, he was a prophet. He had power. We expected him to rescue us from the oppression of the Roman Empire and to make us, Israel, a mighty great nation. You know, it, it, it was an understanding Standable expectation. They wanted things to get better. And you know, God didn't meet their expectation. He exceeded it. Instead of a Messiah who would give them a temporary relief and power and position in this world, they received a Messiah who would rescue them from their sin and redeem them for eternal life. God had something great for them, but they weren't seeing that. We have expectations constantly, day to day, especially in critical areas of our lives. We gauge ourselves, we guide ourselves often based on these expectations. It's Easter 2020. In the history of our country, rarely have so many of us at the same time have had such an extraordinary amount of unmet expectations. We expected to have a graduation and see our son or daughter walk a stage. We expected to have so much saved up in our 401k or our savings account at this point. We expected to have our wedding. We expected to have our child's first birthday party. We expected to be at this particular place at this time in our occupation. We expected to have a job or an occupation. We thought our business would be established in a certain place and time. Now, do we have a business to go to? We expect it to be at a very different place in our lives than we all are right now. This is not what we expected. And as a result, many of us are stressed, anxious, fearful. Some of us, we're just in a funk. Several years ago, I spoke with a woman uh, on, a, on the phone. Her name was Christine Duffley. And in hearing her story, what I learned was that at one point in Christine's life, her and her husband, you know, due to some unfortunate, rather tragic circumstances, were faced with a very, I'm going to just say an extraordinarily difficult decision. And we're going to watch a video, and Christine herself in the video will share their story. Christopher actually came into our family as my nephew. He was born at one pound, 12 ounces. He was 26 weeks premature. And at the time of his birth, his parents were using drugs. He was born with cocaine in his system. And also, he was totally blind. Yeah, Christine called home and was in tears after seeing Christopher in the hospital with double pneumonia. He was in pretty tough shape. I called social services. They asked me, were we still interested in having Christopher as part of our family? You know, we stand for life. He's family, you know, we, we need to take him. The foundation of it is wanting to live for God. The foundation is God is love. In prayer and giving each day to God, we made a choice 
and we brought him home. Christopher has greatly impacted all of our lives and now he impacts the world. You make beautiful things You make beautiful things out of the dirt No Greater Love Ministries allows us to share God's love with not only our story, but our music. The second he walked through the door, it's just like, yep, you're our brother. We adopted you. It's done. Like In our heads, it was, that's just what it was. When I first met Christopher, before we brought him home, um, he didn't do very much. He was in a bouncy chair. And even when I picked him up, he still was very limited. He wasn't rolling over. And he could only sit up for a few seconds. When the kids provided the stimulation, and he started having more regular therapies, Christopher began to develop normally. And there were some things that we noticed that he did really well. One is he clapped his hands, and he just loved music. Christopher's speech just didn't develop like normal kids. So by the age of five, we started having evaluations. And when he was six, we had a formal evaluation that confirmed his autism. As I went through the process like many parents do, and I think it's important to go through that process, I realized it was not something that defined who Christopher was. It was just a characteristic that made him unique. And that despite the blindness and despite the autism, there was a plan for Christopher's life. Steve and I have raised the kids to know the love of God because they are not defined by their characteristics. They are defined by who they belong to and they belong to God. And Christopher is joyful most of the time, especially when he's with other people and when he's singing. And that joy just seems to go out everywhere. And people see it. And they understand his story and they say, well, how can he be so joyful? Well, because God has touched his life. It takes a lot of courage to involve yourself in searching for a newborn child. Christine contacted a social worker, received the news of Christopher's physical difficulties. One of them was blindness. Now she's trying to, can you just imagine, negotiate and manage all the conflicting emotions, you know, that, that as she comes to realize that what she thought was the most difficult part is, is a small element of the whole picture now. This is not what she was expecting, perhaps, as she set out to look for this child, to, to come to this child. Now you could watch... Other videos are, are on YouTube uh, where Christine speaks of having a fear come over her as she, would, as she was considering what was taking place and all that would have to be done. And in the middle of a complex and critical time in Christine's life, in the middle of changing expectations, she said the foundation of her functioning was to pray, to love God, and to give each day to God. Listen, 
Fear is the enemy of faith and prayer is the enemy of fear. Fear closes the eyes of our hearts so we cannot see Jesus. We cannot sense his presence. Prayer, talking with God, opens the eyes of our hearts. Prayer is when we're communicating with God. Fear leaves us without hope. Prayer leads us to the one true hope. Now, all of this is summed up in Cleopas's words and the words of his companion when he spoke to the stranger, which was Jesus on the road to Emmaus. As they walked along, they said, he, Jesus, was a prophet, powerful in word and deed. We had hoped that he was the one who would redeem Israel. Cleopas said, we had hoped, as we no longer hope. He is saying we're hopeless. We have no hope. Their human hope died when Jesus was crucified on the cross. See, human hope is similar to like wishing for something. Huh? It's like I hope I win the lottery. You know, it's like a wish because you don't know you will. I mean, it's positive thinking. Their human hope died in unmet expectations. These two men go on to tell Jesus more details surrounding the tragic events that had overwhelmed them. And they say in verse 22, in addition, to, in addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but did not find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He, Jesus, spoke to them and said, how foolish you are, how slow to believe all the prophets all that the prophets had spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. So the two men heard the grave was empty. They heard that the angels declared Jesus is alive. Through the years there had been taught that such things would take place and this would be a, a, a sign that the Messiah had come. And in spite of all of this, they're stuck in hopelessness. You see, they're living from their own life script. They're living from their own narrative that really is mostly comprised of unmet expectations, fears, and self-limitations. And as a result, they're missing the miracle that's happening right, the miracle that's happening right in their midst. In the middle of all the real challenges and real uncertainties and the loss and the pain, something great is happening right in front of them. We have hope. I didn't say we had hope. I say we have hope because Jesus Christ has risen. The tomb is empty. He is not dead. He is alive. He was with the men walking on the road that day and he is with us. They didn't see it at first. Though things changed, let's read Luke chapter 24, verse 28 through 32. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he wanted to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. 
and then he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were our hearts not burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Their eyes were opened. Jesus walks alongside of them and he shares with them the truth. That truth is what was in their Bible, what's in our Bible, what has transcended the centuries. It speaks to who Jesus is, what he is like, what he will do. Jesus is reminding them and he's reminding us today of God's promises, his covenant with us. He's reminding us that we, God promises us peace, joy, and eternal life. All of that is for us here today, this Easter in 2020. Jesus revealed himself to those two men that first Easter in the midst of extraordinary despair, enormous difficulty, Jesus opened the eyes of their hearts. I'd like to ask Christopher Duffy to come back up. I always feel a little bit better when you're close to me over there, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> so what I didn't mention is that Christopher is a YouTube sensation since 2011. You know, he's had over 65 million views of his videos. Millions of people have heard Christopher's story and, and, and listened to him. Christopher, can you share a little bit about yourself and, and then minister to us again in song? Yes. Well, uh, hello, everybody. Happy Easter to you all. I hope you all are having a great, a great Easter Sunday. Jesus Christ is risen. Amen. 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 <laughs> well, although we can't be together in church today, at least in person, that is. <laughs> well, you know, I'm so excited to be with you through the amazingness of technology and really what's really important these days now, the in more than ever, the internet. <laughs> well, you know, during these last few weeks, we have all been challenged to change our routine, stay home, and for some, fight the fears we are feeling for ourselves and our loved ones. We have been forced to think about what really matters. Have you thought about the future? Does it scare you? Well, you know, what's interesting is next month I'll be 19 and graduating from high school. <laughs> and believe it or not, I have a lot of anxiety about the future. I have moments of doubt and negative thoughts. My family and close friends help me turn those thoughts around while refocusing on my faith and trust in the Lord. When we are experiencing anxiety, our prayers do not have to be complicated. In fact, one of my favorite prayers is this. Lord, we're only sinners. Show us the way. And my mom reminds me of how far I have really come over the, over the past several years. Whoops. <laughs> Currently, I'm exploring careers in technology along with continuing to share my story all over the world. Remember, a short phrase or a scripture can turn your worry into trust. And you are not alone. Reach out to someone when you're feeling overwhelmed. God has given you family, friends, and this church community to walk this journey with you. Although I'm totally blind and live with autism, I do not let these things limit me. I encourage you today 
to not let your personal situation or any other challenges limit who you are or who you're meant to be. God has a plan for your life and a mission for all of us. I encourage you to listen to the voice in your heart, just like my mom did, when she got down on the floor to seek the Lord's will after a week full of tears, fears, and prayers before she said yes. She stepped out in faith, bringing me home at 15 months. Amazing, isn't it? Well, God wants to use you as he has used my mom to touch others. So today, reach out, listen to your heart, and watch what happens. For with God, all things are possible. And uh, I'm going to share with you this great song. One of my favorites now, and has been since I was a kid. Open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory Pour out your power and love As we sing holy, holy, holy Open the eyes of my heart, Lord Open the eyes of my heart I want to see you I want to see you Open the eyes of my heart, Lord Open the eyes of my heart I want to see you I want to see you To see you high lifted up Shining in the light of your glory Pour out your power and love As we sing holy, holy, holy To see you high and lifted up Shining in the light of your glory Pour out your power and love As we sing Holy, holy, holy Holy, holy, holy Holy, holy, holy 
God, Christopher, again, thank you so much. Absolutely. I just pray that even now we just pause and just know that God is with us. God, the Holy Spirit, is dwelling within us and that the eyes of our hearts would be opened. Thank you for Christopher. Thank you, Christine. Christine said in the video, Christopher echoed that as he was speaking, that God had a plan for us. I agree with that. I agree with Christine when she said that you are not defined by your characteristics, by your challenges, or by your circumstances. You are defined by being a child of the Most High God, the one true God, and belonging to Him and being with Him. Jesus is present now just as He was on that road to Emmaus. Will you open the eyes of your heart today and see Jesus in all his magnificence. See the resurrected Christ today. This Easter, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is for all of us to see love, to see hope. Hope, real hope. Not hope and hope, but hope in Jesus. Hope in a risen Christ. He is not dead. He's alive. He is with us. You know, last year on Easter at Chair City Church, we had three services and over 660 people attended those three services. This year, I'm expecting like 700 people are going to come in. Join us for Easter. I, I just I could picture, I had an expectation of preaching to hundreds of people, more people than we, I'd ever spoke to at Cheer City Church. Later, I text my pastor friends like, hey, baby, join the 700 club today. Awesome. Today, I'm in a room preaching to seven people. I'm glad to be with them. It's not what I expected. You know, though I am speaking to many of you out there. Some of you I know well. Some of you might have come in on Easter. And some of you might not have come in on Easter. But you're with us now. You see, there is hope. God is doing a new thing. And these new things are springing up amongst us. Let us open our eyes and see them. It's Easter. God wants to write a new story on your heart. He wants to change that narrative. He wants to give you a new life story. This morning, open the eyes of your heart. See Jesus. Feel Jesus. The one God raised from the dead so that you would have everlasting, real hope and everlasting life. This is the moment, your moment, to come to faith in Jesus, to place your trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior, the one who you can just turn your life over to. The moment where you say, Lord, Jesus, I want to see you. I want to know more of you. If this is you, if this is what's happening within you, if the eyes of your heart are being opened and you're seeing your future and your life filled with so much more hope and, and peace 
and strength and optimism and possibilities and power. If this is you in this moment, then pray. Pray, God, I need you and I want to know more of you. God, please forgive me for living my own way apart from you, just doing, writing my own story. Today I turn to you. I want to see you. I want you to be honored in my life, God. I want to trust in Jesus. I believe in Jesus, that he was crucified on the cross, that he was resurrected, and that he is alive, and he's alive in me just as much as anywhere else right now. He's with me, and I see him. Now, if you said that prayer, if you spoke those words within yourself, the Bible says you've begun a relationship with Jesus Christ and hope abounds in your life and in your future. As it does in mine and did in mine, came to faith in my latter 20s, as it does in Christine, as it does in Christopher. Now, if you've come to this place at the end of my message, scroll down, you'll see a link or you'll see a text number and that'll bring you to a form that enables you to tell us that you've come to faith in Jesus. It means so much to us. We'll pray for you. We'll send you a special package. It's going to support the wonderful decision that you have made this Easter. Thank you for taking the time to complete that connection card. Let us know, you know, let us know that you're there. You can complete the card online or you could text and also fill out a form that way. If, uh, if you complete the card, we'll send you one of Christopher's CDs. You know, just as a gift, we'll send it out to you and look forward to doing that. And, you know, if you, if you want a CD, Christine and Christopher have been so good to us. They've blessed us with a good amount of them. Just you could fill out a connection card, send it in. Or, you know, if you're with us and you're one of us, just, you know, send, it, send an email to office, O-F-F-I-C-E, at sharecitychurch.com, and we'll get you out a CD. Thank you for your giving. It lets us know you care. You can text or give. You can give online. You can mail it in. Next week, we start a new series. It's going to just speak to how you can navigate, manage, and even thrive in times like these. I invite you to join us. Christopher now is going to come and lead us in one last song. Christopher, go ahead. Is This is Amazing Grace. So why don't we all sing along? breaks the power of sin and darkness whose love is mighty and so much stronger the king of glory the king above all kings who breaks the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in awe and wonder the King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your life. That I would be set free. Whoa. 
Listen, Chair City Church, happy Easter. Christopher, Christine, happy Easter. Thank you, you too. To God well. be the glory.